tone involves a domestic, I think, right now. <laughs> Hi, Emily. Hi. There's something going on. Somebody's doing some yelling. Probably. They don't sound happy. <laughs> it's a day ending and why. Right? It's fine. The same shit. This is way better than what usually happens at my house. Today has been particularly loud at my house. Uh-oh. So I am glad we're doing this here. But yeah. Well, Hey. Hey, Emily. <laughs> hey, um. <laughs> Here's my proposal for you. Um, and you can veto or accept as you wish. Let's, we're going to have to unpack the week. We're going to have to unpack the week. It's, yeah, it's got to happen. Yeah. Our brains are broken, as is everybody who's listening. Um, as is Bam Bam, apparently. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's not eating, though, which is crazy. No, he was <laughs> eating before we started. <laughs> what a good boy. Um... Let's do our stories first. Sure. For the people who don't feel like rehashing it, they can just listen to the stories and they can tune out after. Yeah, let's give you some good escapism. It's fine. Exactly, yeah. And then, you know, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, We'll be a little bit more drunk when we do that. Hell yeah. Um, Which is our want. Um, Yep. What are we drinking tonight? Tequila. (laughs) Just tequila. (laughs) Just tequila, dude. It's a little bit of lime. Mm. I mean, we're classy about it. You've got your pretty like circle ice cubes. Yeah. These are not shot glasses. These are no. real people glasses. Yeah, I didn't feel like getting the step letter up for the shot glasses. No, that's fair. This makes me feel a little more classier. Like I'm 30 and I drink out of real cups now. Drink Drinking shots out of cups. Drinking out of cups. <laughs> Being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to shoot this whole thing? Emily poured about, this is like a shot and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Okay. God, it's a good thing we both love tequila. That would have that would have killed a couple of our friends. We should have had the Malort. Like, my God. I don't know if I would have felt the pain of the Malort. I know, right? Like, maybe we would be <laughs> just, like, immune. Maybe. As, as closed off as we are from the world and our emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is maybe the, the perfect time to do Malort. Yeah. Shit. All right. Yeah. Who goes first? Good cue. I was trying to talk and think and weird. I, I can't went do first that. last time. You did? Because remember, I did the good parts. Yes. And then you did the bad parts. You're absolutely right. I will. So I will now do a story. You do you. the talking. I'm going to pour more tequila. You're going to do the drinking. This is good. This is what I want for you and for yeah. us. Open the new bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we yeah, cashed guess, a um, bottle already. Tequila, tequila report. This is a fresh bottle at the beginning of this episode. Oh, God. Yeah. I guess like midway reports. Do do you remember the last time we straight up took shots during? (laughs) It was, I believe it was the Tulsa Race Riots app. It was. (laughs) It was. How apropos. What a fuck. Yeah, right. What a fucking. I want to go back to then when we could just be angry about the stuff that had happened in the past. Instead of the the thing we're most angry about being something that happened like two days ago. Always. Yeah, I'm just gonna pour more tequila. It's fine. That's it's fine. It's All fine. right. Tell I'm me gonna, tell gonna, me about your life. I'm gonna tell you a story, not about my life. Ooh. Thank fuck holy shit. <laughs> that was a double. Did you did you pour yourself a dub? I, I did. A V dub? I can't right, see hold your bottle. I can't see your bottle. What? I have only had <laughs> a shot and a half. I was just made to pour more tequila in my glass. I'm not going home. I'm not going home to that. Listen. <laughs> Listen, we're going to talk about equality. Emily already told me this. She could make her couch sleep on a ball. Yeah. <laughs> basically, I walked in the door and Emily's like, quit being a little bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. I'm so tell me your story. The story is. You okay. can sip this one. Okay. So you don't we'll die. See. We'll see. <laughs> You're right. Oh, I shouldn't. God. So it is June 7th, 2007. Okay. And. I actually just realized this. At that time, our survivor is 17 years old, which is the same age as I would have been. So he now is the same age as me. So his name is Ross Capiccioni. That's what he... Capiccioni? Yeah. But like he sort of runs his own like voice through his name in a way where it's like you can't really... (laughs) Capiccioni. All right. So Ross is 17 years old. He's a junior in high school. He's from um, Maycomb. Michigan, which is just outside yep. of Detroit. Um, he's a skater kid. 
He boards. He was a skater boy. He said, see you later, boy. He should have said, see you later, boy. And he didn't. Uh-oh. Let's go on. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason that I'm aware of this story is uh, I told you I did a Google search. <laughs> I did a YouTube search. Look, we Second were on top of our shit for the stories this week. We like did the bare minimum effort to find these. And we're sorry. But also, I still think this is a good story. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm aware, though, because he, Ross told his story as like a part of a documentary series called American Me. It tells stories from people who have used skating to like help others and improve their own lives. Damn. Yeah. So he's pretty fucking big into skating, both Look, before and after. Here's the thing. Uh-oh. I heard you say Hibarica. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I was like, how does skating and bears go together? Oh, and I was thinking... Um, when I first said it out loud, that I, it sounds like the type of ham. <laughs> like a Barrico <laughs> ham. <laughs> it's probably fine. We're um, fine. Yeah, this is fine. So far, so good. <laughs> so, big into skating. Ross has a friend. This friend will remain unnamed because his name is nowhere. I can't. They didn't report it. Guess fucking why. Um, Uh-oh. In every video or article, he is simply referred to as Ross's friend. Sometimes it mentions that they've been friends for like 10 fucking years. He's known this kid a good chunk of his life. Either way. I don't have high hopes for this friend. Dude, right? This is someone Ross trusted. And one day, this friend asks him, asks Ross if he could give him a ride to his cousin's house. So usually, not an issue. Like, the friend offers money for gas. Um, Ross has a Jeep commander that he actually likes driving. And the only problem is that this guy's cousin lives on the east side of Detroit around seven mile. Ooh. Yeah. And like for anybody who doesn't, you know, you know, the fucking Red movie flags. eight mile. Red flags. Yeah. Seven mile is one mile south of eight mile. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a not very, better. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not. This is this Look, is Detroit, especially eastern Detroit is rough. It's very, very rough. Um, this is a quote from Ross describing how he sees the east side at this, t- at this time when he was asked to drive there. The east side, that's like a third world country. The police, they won't stop and get out of the car. They won't pull you over. If there's gunshots, they'll wait till everything's clear and they'll pick up your body off the street and that's it. Yep. So Ross is like, dude, no. <laughs> I'm not taking you to the east I have no business on the east side, so why would I go there? Yep. Ross is, by the way, a white boy. Yep. <laughs> like, so he, the smartest like, thing he could have said. <laughs> right. Now, his friend keeps pestering him. Uh-oh. And it's about a full week where he's like, dude, I just need a ride to my cousin's. I just got to go pick something up. Like, you're the only person I know with a car. Like, come on. And after a week, Ross is like, okay, fine. Now, I should mention, I'll come back around to this, but like, just this is Ross's version of events. This story, as he tells it, there was some talk on Reddit. They, they talked about this story on Reddit, and there was somebody who claimed to go to his high school and kind of know him when he was in high school. And Ross may, in fact, have had business on the east side, including drug dealing. That might have been a thing. Oh, um, this person had no proof other than that they were like, Ross wasn't fucking squeaky clean. Nobody was. <laughs> like, Let's all just, you know, let's maybe not make this into like, oh, poor little white boy who who did nothing wrong ends up in a rough spot on the east side, you know? So I think that that's that's a fair thing to think that like... that's fair. There might be two sides to this. Yeah. It's all about perspective. Yeah. And again, like nobody on the Reddit thread, they were all very tactful of being like, I do not mean to say that what I'm about to tell you about him is something that he deserved just because even if he did have business there, even if he did like, you know, get drugs or sell drugs, like that doesn't mean that he deserved this. So, quote, um, so he's driving with his friend. Is it, They're almost to the cousin's house and he's like, all right, that's the house right there. Turn around back in the back. There was a fence, a grassy area, and then some houses right there. So I was like not in the middle of nowhere. And Ross gets out of the car. Now this is the part I don't fully understand is why does Ross get out of the car? He, this is like a video of him explaining and he doesn't say why. I mean, if I were him and I were afraid to be on the east side, I would have just stayed in the car, I guess. So don't know. Maybe his friend asked him to come inside with him. Either way, it's about a couple seconds later when Ross hears a gunshot. And his first thought is how loud it was. It was so close that his ears were ringing. Oop. 
And then Ross looks down at his arm. Oop, quote, my arm's just hanging off. It's just hanging off like a zombie. Oh. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's not real. And I shake it off and again, I just look at it and it's still just hanging off. And that's when it kicks in. And he looks up at his friend who is 10 feet away and he's holding his shotgun and he's pointed it at Ross. Quote, I asked him, did you shoot me? And then his friend cocks the gun again and fires. Like, says nothing. Like, and in the video, like, Ross just mimes it. Like, his friend just staring at him and then just goes, like, <laughs> awful. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is a better shot. It blows a hole right through Ross's chest. He holds his Whoop. hands together. This is a shotgun. Yep. It, so there's like it's like peppered yep. a blast, a spray of fire of pellets BBs. usually. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, big pellets. It's not, not like a like hollow point where it's just gonna make one hole and then explode inside of you. It's right. just it's just a spray. It's a big old spray, and it can like he's pretty close range. You don't necessarily always be shooting a shotgun within 10 feet of somebody no but so, i mean you know if you don't want to miss i guess <laughs> yeah that's true hard to miss when it's spraying all over the place but he blows a hole in ross yeah shotguns are no fucking joke they are not to be fucked around with um so ross hits the ground he's on his hands and knees and he doesn't know how he's still conscious how that did not kill him instantly but yeah. he knows like he's kind of looking at the ground and at his own hands and um, let's see. And then he instantly, like, he feels the the barrel of the gun on the back of his head. And he feels it like shaking. Oh, like the guy is like shaking while trying to hold this gun to his head. Too. Well, yeah, because his friend probably thought he'd get him in one. Oh, yeah. This is way worse. Now he's, yeah, he's just not dying. You don't execute somebody with a shotgun. Yeah, dude. This like, is. Like you really, that's not. No. Head headshot one yeah. one shoe one kill like it's yeah. not it's not I'm sure wh- how he wanted this to go nope so um, Ross feels the the barrel on his head and he just sort of reaches up and swats it away as the guy is shooting again so he stops it as he says like it hit me pretty good but it didn't blow my head off like a watermelon <laughs> like. He's still got, he's got this fucking piece of his own head that they show you. Like, during this video, they go through all of the corresponding scars from these hits. The one on his arm is, first off, huge. Yeah, Like, they had to knit so well, much I mean, together. It was hanging, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's probably hanging off by, like, a bit of tissue, and mm-hmm. then the rest of it is all just this scarring of, like, the muscle and the skin and everything. The back of his head has this big patch where there is no hair, like, in a big triangle, um, I kind of wonder if like they had to graft the skin from somewhere else. I mean, that probably doesn't grow hair. Yeah, probably right because it's like I mean he's because I'm know. sure they also had to do some skull reconstruction as well. Yeah, I would imagine like it's still like it grazed him, but it still fucking got him. You know, yeah. there's probably still at least a pellet that made it in there. Yep. Um, and the the one in his like uh, in his chest is a little bit more like it's kind of below his heart, but it is on his left side, Ooh. and it's this big gash like all around his ribs with a few more like gashes all around and they also showed an x-ray of all the pellets inside of him it was like a hundred fucking pellets just like riddling his whole rib cage it was disgusting (laughs) Um, but anyway so he manages to knock the gun away though so he doesn't instantly just like get his brains actually blown the fuck out of his head and at this point um, and Ross <laughs> describes it as he's like, at this point I'm getting a little psyched because he is somehow still alive. Oh, yeah. And he can't, he can still see. Adrenaline round too. Oh God, absolutely. And he just like, he definitely should be dead. <laughs> and it's crazy that he's not. And he's conscious. And he looks up at his friend who is just staring down at him with the gun in his hands. And then this guy raises the butt of the gun and smashes Ross in the face. And then Ross goes down on his back and he remembers marveling that even then he can still see like there's blood everywhere and stuff but he can still see like he's looking at the sky and he kind of tries to follow where his friend moves away and then a few moments later he watches his own car drive off and he's just laying there bleeding in the street alone there were like he said he wasn't in the middle of nowhere but there's nobody around yeah that's the thing like detroit has so many abandoned houses oh yes this was straight up a very abandoned like because i mean uh, run area yeah yeah we've talked about 
the serial killer when it was all unfolding, mm. who was leaving dead bodies in abandoned houses yes. in Detroit. Not hard to find a place. And to it was leave taking a body. months for people to find the bodies because there's so many. There's, there's so many abandoned houses, streets and streets of it. Yeah, Ridiculous. and I know like. I've watched some documentaries on like the drug rings in Detroit and how they move from abandoned houses and how they set those up mm-hmm. and how you can tell if one house used to be a drug house. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't even be hard. I mean, you just, you get found at one place, you move your entire setup to somewhere else and it's going to take months to find you again. <laughs> like, yep. There's so many, especially places. in an area that the cops don't go. Mm-hmm. So this is like Ross has the moment. He has the survivor moment. And he thinks, quote, I think, okay, either I stay laid down on this spot right here and I die or I try to get up. And he starts trying to push himself off the ground like he rolls onto his stomach and starts pushing himself off the ground. But his arms aren't holding him up. And every time he fails, he thinks, okay, one more time, one more time. Let's go. And he tries again. And this is according to him. This is like what he feels that out of nowhere, I felt these arms under me and they pull me up. And he says for a bit, he's just standing up straight in the road again. He's like like a drunk or a zombie, like just kind of like standing there, but barely able to hold myself up. And he feels around for who's behind him, like who would have pulled him up and there's nobody there. So he's no idea how he stood up. He, he really felt like somebody was there. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. There's no one. And he feels something like shove him forward from behind. And he just starts walking and he stumbles a few feet to the other end of the road, about like eight feet, and then his body just drops, and he's not able to go any further. And he's probably lost a lot of blood. Oh my god, dude! Probably so much and so fast. Yeah. So I went as far as I could, and I'm thinking like this shit's hurting too much. Let me just close my eyes and start relaxing. Uh oh. And sure enough, I close my eyes and the pain starts going away. Yeah. And then I wake up real fast, like, that's not right. I just got shot 30 seconds ago. Why would the pain be stopping? And what he describes in this, like, is, like, this sort of conversation he has with himself, where one side is, like, it's cool, man. Just close your eyes for a second. Like, all the pain will go away. Like, it's chill. Like, just go to sleep. And the other side of him being, like, no. (laughs) Like, you can't. It's supposed to hurt. If it, like you can't go to sleep right now, you will never wake up. Mm-hmm. And like that's a voice he hears almost like as a third part, like a separate person, but it's his own voice being like, "Wake the fuck up!" So he's coming in and out of consciousness, like every few seconds, and suddenly he starts hearing this other voice getting closer, and it's just someone being like, "Hey, hey!" And it turns out there was a probation officer. Oh, who, thank God! Who was driving by, and he stopped at an intersection, and he just saw Ross like stumbling out under the road, <laughs> covered in blood. Imagine yeah. how horrifying! Yeah, His arms hanging off. Yeah, disgusting. So that guy, you know, pulls over, gets out of the car. He, Glad he stopped. Yeah, right. Instead of just being like, "Not nope. my problem," nope. right? I, I imagine. A lot of people would be like, absolutely not my problem. Because what's after him? Exactly. Is it still around? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would feel the same way in a lot of ways. Like, I'd probably still call somebody, but I would be afraid to get out of the car. I would stop and just drag them into my car. <coughs> yeah, legit. Like, that's just, then they just start driving. Yeah, dude. And so, pray nobody's shooting. Yeah. I think because this guy was a probation officer, one, he might be armed. Yeah. Two, like, I don't know. He just figured, Probation fuck officer it. in Detroit, he's probably armed. Yeah. I feel like that's a safe Probably bet. got a concealed carry permit just mm-hmm. on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, he remembers, he puts his like hand on Ross's back and is like, it's okay. Like the paramedics are on their way. Ross is continuing to argue with himself about whether he should sleep <laughs> like the whole time until the paramedics are there. And he remembers the look on the paramedic's face. Oh, Jesus. Like, like ash and shock. Yeah. It's just like, Jesus, fuck, like, dude. <laughs> paramedics in big cities, especially big cities that have areas like this where a lot of shit goes down. God, yeah. The things that they see. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are horrendous. But there's some things that are just so horrific mm-hmm. that it, it like scars a paramedic. Oh, God, absolutely. And this had to be one of them. That's a short And they had to be shocked. Oh my that God. he was still alive. Exactly. Because like you come across that and what you're doing is picking up a body. Yep. Usually. You yep. know? Like that's, you're not picking up a live person to take them to the hospital when they look like that. It's crazy. And Ross is like basically half in, half out of his body at this point. Yep. Like the way he's describing himself, he's like one foot. In the grave. In the fucking grave right now. Um, so he 
when he's in the ambulance, he has one of those out-of-body experiences that people describe a lot, especially when they're headed to the hospital in an ambulance. He, he describes, like, suddenly he is looking at the ambulance as if he is skateboarding alongside it, like, filming it wow. from the outside. So, yeah, when, when they get to the hospital, he remembers from the outside, the door's opening. <laughs> Brain is so fucking weird. It's crazy, because, like, that could easily just be the way you have chosen to remember the incident. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can, like reconstruct of what happened to you when your brain is not really holding memories of it. Yeah. Or the brain has remapped it to protect you from the trauma. Right. But to, to him and to anybody, like to people that that happens to, it feels like their spirit has left their fucking body Mm -hmm. and they're watching themselves die from the outside. It's crazy. Um, So he, by the time that they arrive, Ross has no pulse and he is pronounced dead upon arrival. Yeah. And this could have been it. Like, he says that. Like, they could have just put me in a body bag right there and called it a day. Everybody gets to go home. But the doctor who gets to him first decides that he's going to try to bring him back. And they do. They succeed. And they are able to get him stable enough to go into surgery. And they pull all the fucking pellets out of him. Stitch him back together. And three days later, Ross talks about, like, waking up slowly and first only seeing white all around him and thinking, like, God damn it, I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm 17 years old and I'm Fuck. fucking dead. <laughs> and then suddenly he starts seeing, like, parts of the room, like curtains, the oxygen tank, and then, like, he's awake. He was like, boom, perfect vision. It's weird. He describes things really interestingly. <laughs> like, just very specific memories he has of, like, how he woke up. And he's strapped down and he's got a breathing tube in. Mm. They What they did, like he got out of surgery and they decided to give him 24 hours to see if he would stay alive on the ventilator and then if they could take him off of it. So he's still on it when he wakes up. And there's a nurse he didn't even see like in the room. And she starts screaming, he's awake. And she runs out. And he remembers like the doctor and like a bunch of other nurses running in like so fast that she's like throwing her clipboard. <laughs> and the doctor's like, You look beautiful. You're awake. And he's like, I don't fucking look beautiful, ma'am. <laughs> but she she's like, one, two, and she pulls his breathing tube out. He just he remembers the fuck out of that. It's a I bet. weird sensation. I have to imagine like, it's a ugh. very weird sensation, especially when you're conscious, because then you have to cough as they do it. Yeah. He said he coughed up like tar and pellets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. So um, he's coming to like he's he's able to speak like he's having to t- kind of like remember how as he's doing it. Um, but they're like, hey, you don't have anything on you to identify you. Like, what is your name? He was like, I don't know. What year is it? I don't know. Who's president? I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. Do you have the phone number of anybody we can contact? And he says the only thing he remembered that day was his father's phone number. Not his own name. (laughs) Nothing. Just his dad's phone number. So his parents, think, have not known where he is for three days. No idea what happened to him. No word at all. And... This was honestly like why I was kind of like, oh, I like this kid. You know, I, I, I want to do this story because he seems like kind of a pretty nice guy overall. Because he says, quote, like, I don't know how my parents did that. I don't know how that feels. And he like speaks to the cameraman. He's like, you're a dad, right? Like, I don't know how that feels. What would you? Do? I don't even know, man. Like, it gets me choked up because it's crazy. Like, and they came down. I remember I, I saw my mom come in and then my dad. And I'm like, mom, you can't be mad at me right now. And she's like, mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does this hilarious impression of his mom. Mad, you're alive. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Um, oh, so, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he was like Monty Pythoning his mom. It was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so Ross remains in the hospital for, I, I believe it is a total of four days. So he is awake for a day. When they say he can go home. And he's like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only so much. Like, if he's stable mm-hmm. and breathing on his own, and at this point, all that needs to happen is he just needs to lay low and heal. Right. He doesn't need a hospital bed to do that if he's got a stable family to go back to. It's true. It's true. Especially, Thousands I'm guessing he was or not. in the ICU. Yes. And they need those beds. They do. That makes sense. Yeah. He, he kind of was like, sir, I got a hole in my chest the size of a teacup. <laughs> and they were like... You live through this. You're going to be fine. You'll Just be go fine. home, live your life, and don't hang out with those kids anymore. <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. So Ross goes home. He begins his recovery. Uh, he describes, like, being cared for by his mother as if he were an infant. 
like, and how kind of just like psychically uncool that is to deal with. But like on top of his recovery, his parents are asking questions because he has been shot. And like, why were you on the east side of Detroit, by the way? And so he tells his father he knows who did it. And the next day, two men in suits from the fucking FBI <laughs> come Shit. knocking. And they ask Ross if they know who shot him. And they say the kid's name. And he's like, yeah, that's him. Can you identify him with a picture? And then they show him a picture. And he's like, yeah, that's him. And they're like, Ross, we have him in custody already. <laughs> and he's like, I just remembered how to talk yesterday. <laughs> how did you get this guy? What the fuck? Yeah, seriously, wow. <laughs> so turns out that... Ross's shooter, his former friend, had called up somebody else that they both knew and was like, I fucking shot Ross, dude, he's dead. And that kid wasn't cool about it. He called the cops. Good. <laughs> so good on that kid, yeah. Oh, the way Ross said, like, Ross is 17, he describes this kid as 15, and the kid he called as 15. So, like, imagine a 15-year-old and you're 15 calling you up and saying, like, I shot a guy. He's dead in the street. Like, yeah, I'd call the cops. I Even if I didn't try, I'd, I'd, I'd have to call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. So Ross is asked to testify against this kid in court. He says yes. Um, the first time he has to go in, he's in a wheelchair. He's like balls deep in recovery. Yeah. So he's very weak. Um, but he just has to identify who shot him. And this is where he learns that his friend shot him as part of a gang initiation. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Because, I mean, before he was like, literally, why? Why? What did I do? Yeah, that's what You're I was thinking is it's like it's got to be a gang initiation. Like, there's got to be a reason, and there's got to be a reason he was so proud about it. Right, exactly. Like, I did it. I fucking did it. Right, exactly. Like, that's, you got to shoot an innocent person and not get caught, and then you're in the gang. That's mm -hmm. it. And then months later, he attends the sentencing hearing after the same, the whole trial, and at the sentencing, he's feeling much better. He walks in on his own two feet. Um, Ross describes, like, the shooter's family and friends being pissed at him for taking the justice route instead of, like, handling this issue in the streets. Like, he shot you. You should have come for him instead of calling the fucking cops. <laughs> like, so they're all pissed at him. Um, but the judge is handing down the sentence, and he looks at the shooter and is like, you owe Ross a thank you. If you had died that day, you would be, you would be getting life in prison. But because Ross... He's a warrior. You get a second chance. So here's 35 years in prison. Still quite a long time, but not life. Yeah. And during his recovery, Ross describes like being in a dark place. This is kind of like aftermath shit. Um, he's got one working hand. He's super weak. He's got to relearn a bunch of shit. He's doing physical therapy, which is really taxing and hard because like your muscles don't know how to do the thing you're trying to retrain them to do. Um, but eventually he starts getting stronger. And his friends come around to see him, and he just starts feeling better after a few months. And he says, quote, one day I woke up, and I just felt different. Like, you know what? This is my world. Every time in physical therapy I try to do something and mess up, well, it's like an ollie backside flip. Like, you're going to mess up until you try it and you land it. And then I'd get it. So I started living my life like skateboarding, and it's been working. It seems like he still does that. <laughs> like, Good. Everything he tries, he just thinks, okay, well, it's like that one trick that I had to do for like months and I would, you know, beef it and then I got it right. Like that's, that's just how he looks at everything now. And so the documentary series where Ross tells this story is about like, is it's like seven years after the incident. Uh, the first time I saw it posted was 2014. So Ross is now recovered. He's skating as normal. Pretty full recovery overall, seems like. Um, and he has a new perspective. So, quote... I'm very blessed. I see it now. Before, I was like, I'm so unlucky, dealing with all this shit, getting shot. But now, after maturing and growing up, it just gave me a whole new leg up on life and how I can live my life. It's crazy. Like, it makes me happy to live my life and just so grateful for everything. I just look at what I got. I don't look at what I don't have. I look at what I have. So that's Ross. Mm. Yeah. And one last interesting fact. In 2015, the rapper Joyner Lucas released a song called uh, Ross Capuchoni. And <laughs> it's a music video. Like, the music video, I just, I watched it before I came here. It is a recreation of what happens the day that Ross is shot. But oh. the, the first verse is from Ross's point of view. And the second verse is from the shooter's point of view. The same stuff happens from different point of views in both. It's crazy, actually. I actually kind of like it. Huh. It's pretty low production values, but sure. it's 
it's pretty well done overall. So yeah, again, like issues on whether he was supposed to be there or not, whether he was just helping out a friend or whether he was there to do his own business, like still a really shitty thing to have happen. <laughs> and like, yeah, nobody thinks your friend's just going to shoot you, you know? Yeah. Fucking sucks. So that's, yeah, that's, that's Ross's story. He's still alive. He's, he might still be skating. I don't know. You're 30 now, Ross. Are you Look, good? Tony Hawk still skates. You're right. Tony Hawk shreds. Yeah. I shouldn't say shit. <laughs> Ugh. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, are we going right into it? Yeah, Let's I figure we can harp noise before we get into the <laughs> unpacking. I love that, actually. Just a yeah. nice, clean Let's, break. I love that. Let's split it up that way. That's right. genius. All right. I'm excited. So this is not 2007. It's this not. isn't even the 1900s. Oh. We are going back to 1858. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to biblical time. <laughs> 1823. <laughs> That's mm. my favorite part of that musical. Anyway, go on. And we're going to go to Bradford, England. Okay. And talk about why the Pharmacy Act of 1868 was passed in the United <laughs> Kingdom. Emily, forgive me. This sounds boring. <laughs> it's super not. It's super fucking not. I had to know it really wouldn't be. <laughs> William Hardacre was known to the locals as Humbug Billy. Oh, God. Humbugs just call them are Scrooge. a type of candy. They're a black and white candy. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I just thought of it as like, bah, humbug. Nope. So that guy's saying a candy when he says that? Yeah. When Scrooge is like, fuck Christmas, he's saying a candy. Bah, candy. <laughs> <laughs> bah, red vines. <laughs> so Humbug Billy sold sweets from a stall in the green market in central Bradford. And okay, so that makes sense. He's he purchased, yep, he purchased his supplies from someone named Joseph Neal, who made the sweets or candies or lozenges or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Um, I think, yeah, all candies were lo lozenges, lozenges at that yep. point, yeah. <laughs> On Stone Street, which was a few hundred yards to the north. Now, the lozenges mm -hmm. that we're going to be talking about today were specifically peppermint humbugs. How much cocaine is in them? Not <laughs> cocaine! Oh no, it's so um, much worse. So, made of peppermint oil that's sure. incorporated into a base of sugar and gum. That's Here's all we thing. knew how to do back then. Sugar mm -hmm. was very expensive. Oh. So, they substituted things, which was technically illegal, but it happened. What the fuck is a substitute for sugar back then? Powdered gypsum. Oh. And it would be called daff instead hmm. of the gypsum, so that people were like, oh, yeah, just a dash of daff. It's fine. <laughs> Just do a dollar of a staff. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cheaper. Hmm. And people called it a bunch of different things for the substitutions that they used. Uh, some of the terms were daff, multum, flash, stuff. Ooh, the they stuff? They called it stuff. That's a drugs, guys. <laughs> to obscure the practice. Uh -huh. Now, Neil, the guy who made the sweets sent a lodger at his house. Mm -hmm. So a person who lived at his house and paid to live at his house. Oh, like Airbnb. Who, like, helped out. <laughs> sure. Sent James Archer to collect the daff because he had to make the humbugs for Humbug Billy. Sure. He went to the druggist Charles Hodgson. Now, Hodgson's pharmacy was great, mm -hmm. but Hodgson, Hodgson was not at his pharmacy that day. Uh -oh. His assistant, William Goddard, was. I feel like this is like a series of fuck-ups because there's too many people that aren't usually involved, involved. So oh, no. <laughs> the assistant asked Hodgson where the daff was and was told it was in the cask in the corner of the attic. Oh, God. Oh, God. But it wasn't confirmed. So... Goddard went up to the cask in the corner of the attic to gather 12 pounds of the daff. Oh, no. What the fuck does he get, Emily? <laughs> what do you think? Give me your guesses. Remember, it's the 1850s. I mean... A lot of things weren't illegal then. I mean, if it's not cocaine... It's not cocaine. <laughs> Is it like fucking strychnine or like arsenic? Or? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Shit, 
Oh my god, he's gonna kill so many people. Oh my god. Goddard sold Archer 12 pounds of arsenic trioxide. I also bet that that is way more expensive than the gypsum. <laughs> what a lot. Now, arsenic was used in everything <laughs> fucking everything fucking everything it's like the lead of that time yeah arsenic and lead like victorian <laughs> houses were so safe arsenic and old lead yeah <laughs> now shit was weird that's <laughs> m <laughs> he brought the arsenic back they uh-huh. made the candy uh-huh arsenic doesn't behave differently than gypsum and then sugar it looked funny the candy looked funny. I bet it fucking did. And Appleton, who made it, who was an experienced sweet maker, employed by the guy who owned the sweet shop, mm-hmm. thought it looked funny, and then suddenly started getting very sick. Oh, no. And was ill for several days afterwards with vomiting and pain in his hands and arms. He didn't even eat it. He was just around he it. He was just around it. Touched it and breathed it and shit. 40 pounds of lozenges were sold to Hardacre. Oh my God. Who also noticed they looked weird. Dude. And used this to obtain a discount from Neil. <laughs> what an a-hole. He tasted a couple of the sweets and promptly became ill. <laughs> Didn't stop him from selling it. Sure. No, he fine. sold five pounds of the sweets from his market stall that night. What? And... Of those who purchased and ate the sweets, 21 people died, mostly children. Oh, no. Of course, because that's like even one sweet could kill a kid, maybe. Uh Mm. With a further 200 or so becoming severely ill with arsenic poisoning within the day. Holy shit. That's a lot of sweets. This guy does good business. Yeah. Now, the first deaths, two of those being children, were originally thought to be because of cholera. Because that was a huge problem in Britain at the time. Sure. Similar symptoms. Right. Nausea. Mm-hmm. Bloody vomit. Diarrhea. Unfortunately, when your body is trying to rid things. itself of either poison or a disease, it looks very similar. Yeah. It sucks. But too many people started dying mm-hmm. of the same things. And they're like, hmm, I don't think this is cholera. <laughs> And then they started tying it back to purchases of the lozenges from Hardiker's stall. Oh, God. And the trail then led to Neil and Hodgson and Goddard, and they were arrested. Oh, shit. And stood before magistrates in the courthouse. Hodgson and Neil. Does it say what they were charged with? Yeah, they were all charged with manslaughter. Whoa. I thought criminal negligence at, at worst. My God. No. Okay. So a doctor identified arsenic as the cause, and then it was confirmed by a prominent chemist. And the chemist, Felix Remington, estimated that each humbug contained between 14 and 15 grains of arsenic. And contemporary accounts suggest nine grains um, with 4.5 grains around being a lethal dose wow so So each lozenge contained enough arsenic to kill two people oh my god how did more people not die exactly enough was distributed by heartacre to kill two thousand people oh my jesus this is why the kids died so quickly right oh my god like that seems that feels instantaneous to me oh the prosecution against them was later withdrawn um, Hodgson was acquitted because they decided they didn't want to pin this on them because this was such a series of unfortunate events. It really was. This wasn't malicious. This wasn't intentional. Criminal this, negligence is what yes. this should have been, though. Yes. You still, somebody didn't make good, the guy didn't describe the location right. good enough. Yep. He didn't look for the it right thing. It was a series of very unfortunate events. Yeah. So... Through public outcry and this promise to do better and be better, the Pharmacy Act of 1868 was made, which 
recognized that the chemist and druggist as the consu- as the custodian and seller of named poisons, <laughs> as medicines were known back then, it's fine, <laughs> needed to keep records and then the requirement to obtain the signature of the purchaser. Mm-hmm. This was also then amplified in the Poisons Act of 1972 for non-medicinal poisons. <laughs> you know, when we stopped using cocaine and arsenic and things. I love that we have, like, your good poisons and your bad poisons. Mm-hmm. These are the poisons that can cure some of your stuff, and these are the ones that'll kill you of that same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> W.E. Gladstone's ministry. Um, he was a prime minister of the United Kingdom from 1892 to 1894. Um, but his ministry... Where did it go? Where did my notes go? Um also brought in legislation regulating the adulteration of foodstuffs, as they called it, right? as a result of the events. Okay. So they said you can't substitute your sugar with fake shit and sell it as sugar. Right. You can't roll the sugar in shit and call it sugar. Right. We have to stop lying about what's in the food. Yep. <laughs> you can't sell duff and stuff. It's weird that, like, it's not because they were selling the gypsum as sugar that this had to happen. It's because they did so much worse than that. Yeah. When, like, yeah. you really just shouldn't. Now we're like, well, we really just shouldn't lie to people about what's in the thing they're consuming. Right. right. <laughs> but that's, we had to, like, wait for 200 people to almost die. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's look at the jungle. Right. And the FDA. Capitalism, man. Capitalism. Like, they'll let you do whatever until it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, until people really start dying from mm-hmm. it. And then you might have You people... can use cocaine and coke. <laughs> right. But, it's like. Fine. And the Once only- the hallucinations really start and people start doing bad shit, right? fine. And the only reason you can't have that is because it's bad for your brand and because dead people means fewer customers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lay- that's horrifying. <laughs> well, and it's like, then we had like the Tylenol incident in the U.S. Mm-hmm. where someone tampered with sealed bottles and people died. Right. Which then passed new legislation about that shit. Right. Yes. I was thinking about that one when you brought this up. Yeah. Because like was, that wasn't like that fucking long ago. That was no. like the fucking 60s or something. Yeah, that was like the 60s or the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> when and a lot of people died. A lot. Yeah. Just because of tampering and shit. Like, yeah, that was, that's really messed up too. Yeah. To think that only like 50 years ago, we just didn't even have like regulations on like labels and, and tampering no. and all of that. And the shit you could use. And Here's my thing that makes me the most angry. You've worked with can- like sugar before in a way that you've had to candy it, right? Yes. It takes like a candy thermometer or being very specific, like watching it really closely yeah. to know what stage it's in. Yeah. How the fuck does arsenic react in a way? I know they looked funny, but that is a candy that shouldn't have come together at all. <laughs> right. Well, and like the thing that they said is with arsenic because it has no taste. It has no smell. It just like it didn't come together correctly and it right. looked funny i guess the gum in but it but there was enough it. like other stuff i think in the process that it weird worked because it must be mostly gum then yeah like a hard g- something because they say it's a lozenge but a lozenge is so much hardened sugar mm-hmm. that if there was no sugar in it one it wouldn't be sweet and you'd be like gross <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> but also too much sweets could kill a victorian child <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so we know but this also already. like i don't i don't know if you like take arsenic and you get it wet How and you reacts? boil it but sugar's just such a weird because like sugar's like a wet ingredient, right? Like a, I have to imagine arsenic is more of a powder. Yeah. And sugar's only only like that in but one But also form. they weren't <laughs> using sugar to begin with. And that's true, the gypsum. But you yeah. have to imagine the gypsum is probably powder based. Yeah. So then if they put enough gum in there to bind it together so it behaves like sugar. Right. There has were... to be some sort of chemical reaction that can happen. Yeah. Where cells bind and like it's really annoying mononucleoids become i don't know i think you're super right though like they must have been lying for so long about it being sugar that they don't even know what the candy with sugar in it would have looked like yeah been like so it's like oh this one looks off right it's fine probably (laughs) also yeah maybe don't sell a product that doesn't look right (laughs) of your own like that doesn't make you like that was his like uh uh-oh moment of like this is probably 
Eh, it's probably fine. It looks, it looks rough. The guy who just made it is like puking right now, but He's it's probably fine. fine. He's fine. It's fine. Cholera is <laughs> going around. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine to have somebody with Rob cholera. just got the cholera. Making the candy. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I it's like COVID hate, parties. I hate the past, dude. <laughs> yeah. I hate the present too, but I hate the past. <laughs> yeah. You just take your kid to a cholera party. It's fine. So they get cholera and then they're immune to it because we don't vaccinate our children. Just like chicken pox, my dude. Yeah. It's the it's same fine. thing. It's the What's same. a little dysentery between friends? I mean, I personally love a little dysentery between friends. And I personally would love to get carried off by an eagle into the sunset. <laughs> but sometimes we can't have what we want. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to ford a river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you'd rather just die of dysentery yeah. in a covered wagon. Yeah. And that's fine. That's my choice. Yeah. As a person. I don't want to go hunting for 800 pounds of bison that I can't carry. Right? Who this does is, that? This is about my freedom. Yeah. So I'm going to die right here by Listen, the river. Johnny just got bitten by a rattlesnake. <laughs> and honestly, fuck him. And honestly, fuck him. He didn't help me with the bison. I had to do that. And I was dying of dysentery. And I was so. dying of dysentery. <laughs> so you know how really hard it, it is to prepare food when you have dysentery? <laughs> I mean, I do it every other week, so it's pretty rough. <laughs> Should we? I guess. Harp noise. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. Look, this is a standard. This is a pretty. This is a shorter episode. But if you want to stop here, this is your episode of Uh Oh. We love you yep. very much. Thanks this so much. Your, this is your um, subway stop. Right. Choo choo. Even though the subway doesn't make that noise. I don't know what's happening. Um, this it, is where you get off the bus if yeah. you don't want to go with us to hell. Right. If your catharsis includes listening to people yell about a thing that you want to be able to yell about, then please stick then with stick us. around. Go get a, a drink of your choice, alcoholic or not. Yes, please. Maybe tequila. Haha, let's do or this. just like a glass of fire. It's right. fine. Uh, let's, yeah, stick around. We'll be right back. Did it. Good. <laughs> it sounded like the fucking Jaws theme sped up. And we're back. Mm. Welcome to part two of the Uh-Oh Feeling or This Shit is Trash, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, um, we, I mean, this isn't like a structured talk we're doing. We just wanted to bitch and we yep. love it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot has happened. A lot. Um, and, like, the more days that go, the more disturbing everything gets. The more that starts coming out about, the like, what happened. The more fucked up the videos get mm-hmm. that are starting to come out. Yeah. It's, uh, like, like first I watched. Off. Okay, I guess, like, content warning. Yes. Graphic topics. We're talking about what happened at the Capitol. If you don't know, I want to come live under whatever rock you're hiding under. Yeah. No, that sounds like a great place. Um, what were you doing when you... I was it? working. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus. I was working. And I in one of my Discord servers for Final Fantasy, they're like, what the fuck is happening at the Capitol? And I'm like, what do you mean what the fuck is happening at the Capitol? Like, what the fuck is happening at the Capitol? Yeah, that's a terrifying... Like, you can't just Act, to just hear what? no no and no they're like somebody is with a gun at the capitol and i'm like what right at first all we heard was that like they had at least all i heard was that there was like a lockdown and they were moving the yeah. like senators out of of like the congressional building yeah like, and that's all i knew and i couldn't find any news on it yeah oh i had yeah. to like dig for it because nobody knew what the fuck was going on and it was like they just breached the capitol which, yeah, crazy. Like, it seems like it happened so fast. I had gotten out of the shower. And, like, when I went into the shower, everything the day was normal. <laughs> there was, like, that tweet of, like, I remember a time when I when I was like, huh, I wonder if Kanye West fucked Jeffree Star and if that's the weirdest thing I'm going to see today. Yes. <laughs> and then that's, and like, then literally it three wasn't. minutes. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I got out of the shower and the world was different. Like... Holy balls. I just, I saw somebody post on Facebook about it and then I was like, okay, I gotta go to Twitter. <laughs> like, this isn't gonna tell me anything. And like, my brain didn't even go Twitter. Oh. My brain went, what news cycles have a live stream right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what news cycle can I turn the fuck on? That's better. <laughs> to find out what's going on. Because I don't have time to dig through right. 8,000 tweets. Right. 
yeah, for the most part, like I ended up just following the feeds of other people who had been doing the digging. So I, I saw a lot of the stuff early on, but not as fast as them. And I also just didn't have to dig through as much, but it was so crazy so fast. And when like the actual representatives had to start, were starting to tweet, like they were in a safe location. So they were like, holy shit. Um, and the photos that were the coming photos. out. photos. Oh my God. So like I had CBS maybe on ABC, CBS, one of those on, on the live stream that were just covering it. I had the discord open with a bunch of people updating mm -hmm. just like probably 400 messages of just updates of what the fuck was going on. Right. I had Twitter open as the photos were coming through. I'm reaching out to my friends in DC. Like, are you okay? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. And it was just that for three hours until I finished work. I absolutely like doom scrolled for oh, fuck, so yeah. long that I had to take a nap. Like I was very depressed by the end of it. Well, it's like I was then on Facebook looking through what people were updating and just doom scrolling and doom mm -hmm. scrolling. And like there was still work shit coming through that I had to do. And uh, I'm like, I can't focus right, right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking to Liz who was getting messages from people. Our friend Liz is like a moderator for online classes. <laughs> She's getting messages from people like, I can't hear the... The teacher and she's like, "Ma'am, do you know there's a do you coup? Know what's happening outside? <laughs> the revolution is starting, ma'am." So I guess let's try to be uplifting for a sec. I guess I have hair in my mouth. You're good at that. You go ahead and be uplifting. You're good. At what? You're, you're you're better. What? At it than you are. Have you met me? Outwardly, you're better at being uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to feel it in your own heart. I don't. <laughs> you have genuinely stunned me. Because I'm. <laughs> just hold on, hold on. Then I guess. Yeah, first I'm of all, gonna, um, I need more. By the way, I finished mine. Yeah, I drink know. it. Here's my uplifting thing. Yes. Give me the tequila. Yes. Oh, tequila check. We are almost halfway down the bottle. We're below the Cuervo. <laughs> Like the word Cuervo. We're, we're below. below the Cuervo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is not the light right now. This is what? Jesus. Okay. It's not. It's fine. But there are some very good people being appointed into very important positions. Mm -hmm. And with the way Biden was talking. It sounds like like the confirmations will be a breeze. <laughs> they have to be after this. They I mean, fucking have to be. Yeah. Every Republican better sit down and shut up. And also, we own the House and the Senate. I know. And that's also ten years. the next thing. <laughs> Minority mean, leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, <laughs> nothing is better than that. Oh, and my also, God. It that sucks. fucking happened. And I was <laughs> the first thing I said was like, oh, good morning and good morning only. To minority <laughs> leader, Mitch McConnell. I hope he, he never again sees the majority. I hope he rots from the inside the way it appears that he is <laughs> as minority fucking leader. And like, look, we've been talking, this, this thing that just happened really sucks, but we cannot let it like take away from how great it's it is. It's been coming. Yes. We've been warning you. Yeah, of course. Like, everyone has been warning for years Black people have been warning for centuries. Yeah. But there is nothing like this was a minority of people. Yes, it was thousands of people out of how 300 million people live in this country. Yes. This is a minority voice who is very angry. And the people they're just of, loud. Yes. And the people of Georgia proved to us that if everybody votes and everybody has the ability to vote, actually, Democrats will win most of the time. Yes. Because actually, we're the majority. We believe The thing, nice. the thing that's going to happen in 2021, <laughs> I'm going to get back into my civil rights activism, Yay. which I haven't, I've like, I used to be really active mm -hmm. and then the Nazis <laughs> really started coming out yeah. and I feared for my life. That's fair. I got concerned mm. and I'm like, you know what? I work for a nonprofit organization. I can't. I have to be careful what I say 
and make sure it's noted that it is my opinion and my opinion only and not the opinion of my employer. Right. Here you go. Here is that statement. Um, but I have to have hope. 2021 is going to be different. Um, I'm going to try and get back in with whatever I can. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to work on police reform because I believe that police reform is going to be really key yeah. to making the first steps of changes that we need to see. Um, that could uh, re- like change a community. That could absolutely revamp an entire community. Don't, don't anticipate doing anything on a national level. And like, that's okay. You're not going to join Amnesty International and go off somewhere. Like, I had a dream of working at The Hague. Like, <laughs> uh, but, like, the little things, the little things that you can do locally will have a big impact. Those matter more, really. Everything in Georgia started small. Mm-hmm. That's all community grassroots organizing. That's and that's all that reaching is. out and that's making connections with people. Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, I was going through a drive-thru and I saw somebody that I spent hours working with and getting her resume up to date and, like, just listening. And, like, she has a full-time job right now and she recognized me. She's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, my God, hey. And it's it's just, it's it's making those connections and it's taking the time and it's, it's taking the time to listen. Mm-hmm. Because so many people... More I'm listening. sure there will be more pro- protests. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just go to a protest and shut be, up and listen. It would be great to do protests without COVID. Mm. My God, would that be the I best. I was so nervous when I did protests. Oh, oh, it's terrifying. But everyone was very responsible. And this is how you also know it wasn't Antifa. Right. Or like whatever they're fucking calling neo-Nazis now. Right. This is how you know it wasn't a Black Lives Matter infiltration. Because they're safe about COVID. We wear masks. And wearing masks stops you from being identified, you dumb Also that. That's the other thing I was thinking as I was seeing all these photos come up. Like, they're not wearing masks. <laughs> like, you'd think for this one time. They're, like, live streaming themselves. Yeah. You just wear a fucking mask. We can see your whole damn face right now. What the fuck are you doing? Idiots. They're stupid. Basic. This is basic shit. <laughs> So anyway, but yes, yeah. hope, 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 hope is good. I'm going to get involved again. I think everybody should get involved in something again. It doesn't have to be like a lot of people are struggling. It's it can going be to small. Take more it can be so small, small, small. Make a $20 donation. Food pantries are not well stocked. Food pantries aren't well stocked. Um, the shelters that have limited bed space mm-hmm. are always looking for supplies, especially during the winter. Absolutely. Just, you know, call around or look at websites, whatever you need to do. Call your fucking mayor. Call your representatives. Ask them what they're doing about homelessness in your state. That is something that we should tackle immediately. The homelessness thing is It could so be solved by 2025. Easy. Yes, it could. We have enough money to do it, certainly, and we have the houses to do it, It certainly. It was last year or the year before we had a homeless person die in the park that I used to live by. Mm -hmm. It gets really cold here. It gets really fucking cold. You can't just leave people outside. And see what your local job centers, see what your local resources need. Mm -hmm. I just, I like, just be a human. (laughs) <laughs> just be a hey 2021 hey. be a human just be, be a, a human be a kind human maybe that, you know what I like think don't be a be, nazi i think that that should be like the slogan of this year for us and for everyone in the fucking world hopefully but for us you know be a human be a human hey it's 2021 let's be a human about it like see what your friends need yeah see what your community needs keep it close keep it close keep it tight yeah keep it secret keep it safe <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say that you should be a lot like Stacey Abrams for you this really one. really <laughs> fucking should. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you. Ten so. years in the goddamn making. She's an incredible person. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. I don't know what just happened. I don't know either. I feel like we decompressed a little bit. Oh, a lot. It's uh, going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it, though. I'm, I'm scared for whatever's fucking going to come out in the news tomorrow, but we'll, it's fine. It's we'll fine. see. Yeah, this could look silly tomorrow, but yeah. we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're doing our best, and there so are you. truck of bombs. It's fine. Right? Oh, Jesus. 
We didn't even talk about that. No, we didn't. Anyways. We must go now. We gotta go. We love you so much. Please do not forget your can. Of fucking gasoline. Yes! 2021 (laughs) is gonna be lit, y'all.